Hello, everyone, and welcome to Then Again Podcast at the Northeast Georgia History Center. I'm Libba Beecham, Director of Operations, and today I have a special guest with us, a longtime friend of the History Center, Phil Hudgens. Phil Hudgens is a distinguished figure in journalism with over 50 years in the newspaper business, notably as a news training officer for community newspapers of Athens, Georgia. He's an accomplished author with works including today's topic, Grace and Disgrace, which was published in 2023. He's also a co-author of Travels with Foxfire, and his academic accolades include being a 1964 graduate of the University of Georgia and 1974 Neiman Fellow at Harvard University. Phil, thank you so much for coming to Then Again. I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, thank you, Leba. Glad to be here. And so this is a really interesting episode because we're we're not going to reveal too much information about today's very compelling topic because we have an upcoming forum where you will be presenting on the topic of your book, Grace and Disgrace. Now, before we dive into the event and the book itself, tell us a little bit about your uh, most recent work in the community in Gainesville. I know that you continue to write and research, but I know that you've also been really interested in local stories. So talk to us about some of your other work that has dealt with local history and local stories here in Gainesville and, and in the area. Well, of course, I, I worked for the Times uh, for, for many years and consider myself a storyteller. I don't know how good I am, but <laughs> I, I am a, a storyteller. And I'm still telling stories uh, through a column that I write for a bunch of newspapers in Northeast Georgia, North Florida, and North, Western North Carolina. That column is can be any subject that I choose. I say usually on the light side, but sometimes on the very serious side. Yeah. And I've, I've written three books, actually. I wrote one that you did not mention called I Took the Fork. That's it's right. The, the story of Leslie Smithcall. Oh, yes. Uh, who was one of the founders of the Times in Gainesville. Great lady, wonderful sense of humor. Mm -hmm. She and I met every Thursday about 4 o'clock after her nap. <laughs> and uh, we talked for an hour, two hours at however how long she felt like speaking, and she called it our rendezvous. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I had a rendezvous with Leslie for like eight months. So. Oh, she <laughs> so, was such a treasure in this community. Oh, I, I had the pleasure of uh, interviewing her for our oral history project, and she was just such a, a bright person, a very sharp wit about her, so much confidence, and just such a such a charming woman with so many adventures to share. <laughs> she, she really, she really had a great lot, lot of great stories to tell. She was a wonderful storyteller herself. She told some funny things. I mean, some of which I couldn't put in the book, but uh, <laughs> she uh, she has a great had a great sense of humor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people are interesting. If if you just listen to folks, you can get all kinds of stories out of them because everybody has a story. Everybody oh, absolutely. Story. I love that. I love that everybody has a story because that's something that with our oral history project, you know, I've, I've often gotten the comment of, well, who would want to hear about, you know, little old me? I'm like, well, a lot of people, because mm -hmm. can you imagine just talking to the anybody, anybody, a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, or even, you know, 50 years ago, doesn't matter, you know, if you think you don't have a compelling story, because you do, you know, like every human story is going to have something to connect with and everybody's got something to share. And of course, sometimes those stories are going to be lighthearted and mm -hmm. jovial, but 
there's also going to be some really challenging experiences that you hear through oral history. And that speaks to the topic today in your book, Grace and Disgrace. This is a really compelling story of a very challenging situation, especially for a woman of, of this era and the circumstances that she's placed in that are largely out of her control. Could you tell us a little, a, a bit of a, some context about Grace and Disgrace? What is the book largely about when it comes to the, the history of it? And then we can talk about what it's really about where, you know, the reader, what they take away from the book. The book is actually written in the voice of, most of it is written in the voice of Ruby Nell Burt, the woman who was married to Billy Sunday Burt until he went, well, she was still married to him when he went to prison in 1974. She eventually got a divorce from him while he was in prison, but she stuck with this guy. The story is is how she lived through this horrendous life married to a murderer mm. who killed 50-something people oh, at least. Wow. Who knows how yeah. many. He said he didn't remember how many he killed. Mm. So she was uh, a month short of 13 years old when she married this guy. Wow. He was 13. 13, wow. yes. And he was almost 17. So. And what, what year are we, what era is this? Is this, this, is, this is in mid-50s. Mid-50s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, she, she is now 81. He died in prison in 2017. Mm. So the story is, is, is kind of a, a story of redemption, a story of violence, mm -hmm. a story of forgiveness. She forgave him. She forgave all of his girlfriends. Mm. There's a lot of forgiveness in this woman. Yeah, and, and resilience, it sounds like. And resilience, absolutely. absolutely. So give us some context as to who was Billy Sunday Burt and what was his connection to the this Dixie Mafia, as, as they were known? Well, somebody coined that phrase, Dixie Mafia. It's not like the mafia you have up north, mm -hmm. northeast. Um, they're not that organized. They're very loosely organized, mm. a bunch of guys who took whatever, quote, job that came along, whether mm. it was a hit on somebody, a contract killing, or a robbery, or burning someone's house mm. for insurance, or robbing a bank. They they did it all. Mm. And uh, Billy Sunday, was, Bert, was kind of the ringleader of, of these guys. He was the toughest one of them, I would say. And he started at a... At a Pretty doggone young age, late 60s would probably be the first time he killed someone. Mm. And he continued that until 74 when he went to prison for the last time. Why, why he turned out the way he did, I don't know. I know that he had a very bad speech impediment and he was made fun of in school. Mm. Kids would laugh at him when he talked. And so maybe, maybe that was enough, but I doubt it, to mm -hmm. make him a, a killer. But he was a complex individual. He was a, there was a good side. His wife, Ruby, said there were two people in that one person. Mm -hmm. There was a good side to him. He would go out and give groceries to someone who needed them. He would take on a husband who was mistreating his wife, mm -hmm. teach him a lesson. And yet he would, at the drop of a head, he'd go kill somebody. So yeah. explain that. Yeah, it's really, you know, when we see in pop culture and media, you know, representations of mobsters and mafia, the most compelling representations are those that do have that very complex 
humanity to them and they're not just this you know uh shallow character and so at the same time it's also like there is some kind of moral code but it's very different from the average person's moral compass or moral code could you tell us some examples of you know you mentioned that billy sunday burt he got into this pretty young what do you think or what from your research, do you think led him to this life? Would Because I could imagine it being something that may have been sort of a step-by-step toward, you know, becoming someone who is can't even remember how many people they've killed in their life. But what do you know about him personally? What I know is, is, is what I've told you, that he was a very complex person. Why he got into all this crim- criminal stuff, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I know that he told his son, his son asked him, Dad, how could you do all these terrible things mm-hmm. that you've done? And he said, son, just to, to me, it was just a job. Mm-hmm. So that's the way he looked at it. Mm-hmm. And yet he could be tenderhearted. He, he would not strike a dog mm-hmm. or kill a bug that mm-hmm. landed on him. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, yeah. And, and, and yet uh, he'd kill a human being. So how to put him into some kind of category, I don't think you can. No, you can. just can't. You, you can't. can't. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, that totally makes sense. And so I, I'm curious, how did you get connected with this story? Uh, how did you discover this story and pursue writing about it with with um, with Ruby Nellie Burt? That's a good question. Actually, in 2018, before the Foxfire books actually came out, I got a message to call Shane Burt from a company that I had retired from in Athens. And a couple of days later, I gave him a call and found out what he wanted to do was write a book about his mother. Mm. This started out being a book totally about his mother. Mm -hmm. But every time, first time we sat down to talk, we kept talking about Billy, Billy, Billy. Mm -hmm. So there was no way to tell her story without telling his story. Mm -hmm. So we've attempted to tell the story of a murderer and a very devout Pentecostal woman Mm -hmm. living in the same house and what they went through, mainly what she went through. It meanders a a little bit because there's so many different facets to this story. Mm -hmm. But but it's a book that I never thought I'd be writing, I can tell you that, because most everything I've written, especially in the two books I've done, have been kind of upbeat and... And a lot of this is not upbeat, but it, believe it or not, it does have some lighter sides to it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it speaks to I'm sure with with Ruby's experiences. Well, it wasn't just this one sided thing. This she's also a complex human in a very complex situation. Could you give us some examples of the situations that she was put in that you know? other wives and and women of the household just would never expect to ever have these experiences. Can you share some examples of the situation she was in? Well, well, Billy had a lot of girlfriends Mm. and there was nothing she could do about it. Apparently she confronted him one day. He, He was with one of his girlfriends and she was holding her little baby. She had five children. Mm -hmm. And she said, uh, Billy, it's, uh, she called him Bill. Bill, it's, it's, you make the choice, it's her or me. And he said, Ruby, he called her pretty woman. Mm-hmm. Pretty woman, 
nobody backs me into a corner mm. and tells me what to do. Mm -hmm. So he got away with all this. Yeah. She was afraid to do too much because she was also afraid of him. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, living in that kind of situation, how did she, I want to ask, like, how did she survive? Like, I know that, and I mean that sort of on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, she, you said that she was, she had a really strong faith and I would imagine that she had to rely on that. Did she share just how she was able to get by and be there for her children despite this extreme situation? She actually lived for her children. She she had five children. She was afraid that they were going to inherit his genes mm. and become bad people mm. themselves. But she worked five jobs to put food on the table wow. and clothes on the backs of those five kids. And, and she became a respected member of the community. She served as president of PTA, served on the drug committee at school. The mayor of uh, Winder asked her to help with his campaign, and she did. So she she, she was a very tough lady, uh -huh. really. I mean, she said, I don't have time to feel sorry for myself. Mm. I got to get out and go to work. And and she, she did. She she worked from sunup to sundown, even raised chickens. You know. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so was this, was the community at all aware of her husband's like reputation or, or involvement in in the crime world her involvement or uh, her husband her, i was wondering it, was this something that she had to keep secret like outwardly well, she tried to protect her kids from this when something would come on the tv about billy sunday but uh -huh. she'd go turn the television yeah, off yeah but yes the community knew they, they didn't know what all Billy did, mm -hmm. but they didn't know that he was a killer. Mm. I'll give you an example. He stole somebody's pony out of their front yard. Mm. And the people said the next thing they knew, it was in his front yard <laughs> grazing. And I asked them, I interviewed these this couple, and I said, did you not think about going to get your pony back? And the husband said, I didn't want to end up in the lake. No. Mm -hmm. So we just laughed about it. Wow. So it was a real pretty pony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so That's fascinating. To live in a community, so we're talking about like the 1950s and 60s, and and, and also we should, we should say- 60s the, and 70s. Yeah, 60s yeah. and 70s. And what location is this? Where Winder, Georgia. In Winder, Georgia. So we're talking about a, a this community that has some knowledge of the- you Oh, know, absolutely. And right. everything, but what can they do? I mean, that's, it's probably a- pretty small town Every, everybody you know? was afraid of him so yeah yeah even his wife yeah yeah and and shane burke fella that i interviewed uh he's a good guy he he and i have driven all over georgia and part of north carolina together he even threatened him one time wow. if he wouldn't get out of the house that he was living in mm. so because I'm wondering, you know, it, it's really interesting to me that I would have expected, you know, someone in her position to not have such a public role in the community or be so tied into the community. But I, I could also see that being a way for her to survive as well, to have other relationships where she is valued and where she is doing good. Almost, I, I could imagine, to, to counteract the the bad of, of what she's associated with through her, through her husband. I mean, through your interviews and through just getting to know Ruby, describe her personality. And you 
in her tenacity? I mean, what what have you gathered from this this woman and her drive and her resilience? And and what is who is she? What is she like? Ruby is very inspiring. I thought if I was going to write another book after Foxfire, I would want it to be somewhat in, inspiring. And I thought, well, what can a wife of a killer? How can she be inspiring? But actually, she was. She is. She's the most dedicated, generous person I think I've ever known. She, When she goes to the doctor, she takes whatever kind of food he likes. When she goes to, when she went to the prison to see Billy, she would take uh, biscuits and pieces of cake. And if it was, if it was a situation where they weren't allowed to, to come into the prison, she would hide them on her body, <laughs> tape them to her legs. So she's and clever so too. <laughs> and uh, very kind, generous, loving woman. She she withstood a, a whole lot of horrible times. Unbelievable. I mean, if, if you read the book, you you can wonder why didn't she leave this guy? Mm-hmm. Well, she was afraid to leave him. Yeah. Frankly, so. yeah. I know that that's that's the experience of many women still, you know, yeah, when they're in abusive relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I could imagine that, you know, this book could be really inspiring and uh, for women in general to read. I mean, especially if you've ever experienced that kind of violence in a relationship, but it speak to her strength and her resilience. And I know that it's, you know, I don't want to like proper up on a pedestal to, as if she's superhuman because, but I think it's even more amazing that she is just she she is just a human you know that made it through this situation and the fact that she's willing to share her story I think is pretty remarkable since you're you're essentially revisiting many not great times not a good situations and so can you talk to us about you know was it a was it a challenge for both you and Ruby to tell this story? And what was the process like to get the information you needed and to share the the, the experience um, through this book? Was it a series of interviews and what kind of research went into it? And yeah, curious about that process. Yeah, yeah over over about four years. Oh we, wow. We I interviewed her. I interviewed Shane, of course. I interviewed uh, a couple of the other children. I also interviewed a lot of authorities, mm. uh, law lawmen, law women. And it it was it all kind of fell into place. Ruby, it was it was tough for her in in a way it might have been a catharsis right. for her. Yeah. In a way it was, you know, you're digging up yeah. bad memories. Mm-hmm. And sometimes as far as my situation I wanted to go home and watch Andy Griffith <laughs> right. after, after yeah. some of these interviews. Yeah. Um, but she's a very godly woman, mm-hmm. as I've said, depending on God to get her, get her through everything. Uh, she she said God and her friends and her family, That's mm-hmm. what, that's the, those are the things, the people who got her through mm-hmm. um, her horrendous life yeah. but also believe it or not she considered herself a blessed person mm-hmm. through it all she thought she was blessed absolutely i, I could never get her to say anything different 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that 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 really speaks to to her faith and her perspective on the hardships that she's faced. I mean, especially by sharing her story. I mean, she is adding a, a value to this world. It's not only just the intrigue of what was it like to be in this very different situation than any of us or many people have ever experienced. And we're all, you know, very curious about when it comes to, you know, true crime and this underworld story. But at the same time, I mean, this is a, a story that is compelling because of the the strength it takes especially as a, a woman during the 60s and 70s with five children you know she's she's not just a wife she is also a mother she's also this community leader and at the same time surviving through all of this and to share her story i just i just know that's going to be really meaningful to a lot of people, a lot of women in particular. But the book itself is absolutely fascinating for anyone to to dive into. And we have a really exciting opportunity for folks to uh, learn even more and from Ruby herself. So on Tuesday, January 9th, we're going to have uh, Phil Hudgens, our guest today, of course, present on this book, Grace and Disgrace, with uh, Ruby Nell Burt. And uh, Shane Burt will also be in attendance as well. This is largely going to be a, a Q&A, which is really exciting so that folks can go ahead, uh, dive into the book um, before January 9th, or pick up a copy there. You could even get it signed as well. And so we invite y'all to come to our forum on Tuesday, January 9th. That's going to be at 7 p.m. right here at the Northeast Georgia History Center. You can go online to pre-register for tickets and also pre-order a book. And I encourage everyone to, if you can't make it to the event, uh, go online to our online shop. You can also purchase Grace and Disgrace there. You can also go to Phil's uh, website, which we'll have listed in the event description. But uh, before we conclude today, Phil, what do you look forward to at this event on, on Tuesday? Is is this Has Ruby done many uh, Q&As before? Is this something that's a little different? Yeah, this is different. She, she We've done one mm-hmm. like this, and uh, she, she handled herself very well. I don't want her to take any tough questions about murders or anything mm-hmm. she knows very little about those what happened mm-hmm. after billy went out at night but uh, mm-hmm. she, she can tell about her life mm-hmm. and her love of her kids and her love of god mm-hmm. and uh she's she's a very open kind of a person she told me some things i didn't expect her to tell actually yeah, yeah. Uh, so i want it to be an event that kind of Builds her up. Yeah, absolutely. Not Billy mm-hmm. Sunday Bird. Uh, he was not one to be admired, mm-hmm. although he did do some good things. So, so I'd like to see the event just kind of give her credit for being the strong woman as she is. Absolutely. I really look forward to our forum. Again, folks, that's on Tuesday, January 9th here at the Northeast Georgia History Center. And it's largely going to be a, a Q&A. We'll have an uh, opportunity for you to buy Grace and Disgrace as a signed copy as well. And thank you so much, Phil, for not only being here today to, to share a little bit about the story, but for taking this on. As you said, I mean, this was a, a different kind of topic for you, a different kind of process. And I'm so glad that it's it's now in book form so it can be shared. And I'm really looking forward to a discussion on Tuesday, January 9th. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Leva. Then Again is a production of the Northeast Georgia History Center in Gainesville, Georgia. Our podcast is edited by Andrews Gilles 
our digital and on-site programs are made possible by the Ada May Iyster Education Center. Please join us next week for another episode of Then Again.